Hi, this is Bobby Kamari, and I want to thank you for listening to season two of the Living in Light podcast, where the whole season is going to be dedicated to the fabulous topic of sacred sexuality. I hope it blesses your socks off. I know I say at the beginning of every podcast episode that I am so, so excited about my guests, but I honestly am so excited about my guests today. They are my gorgeous, incredible, such phenomenal friends, PT and Noel Escovedo from California, who honestly, when I tell you I'm a fan, I mean, I am such a big fan of both of them, like the way they have supported me with this particular ministry has just been incredible, but they are just phenomenal people. Like just to be around them is to be around joy and doing life with them over maybe the last four years, I think, um, back and forth from California to London. Like we've gone on mission trips together. We've hung out together. We've done ministry together. We've had conferences together. I mean, it has been such a joy to be around these two. I mean, they are some of my faves on this whole planet. And to have them talking about marriage or sex, oh my gosh, like guys, you are in for such a treat because they have spoken on this topic before. Um, for a conference that I did, I think 2019, um, at their church, and they were on the panel, and they were also part of the team, and just the joy, and the cheekiness, and the laughter, and the authenticity that they brought into the mix, like, it gave me such life, and so I am so super excited that you two are on the show today, PT and Noelle, so why don't you both say hello. Hello, everyone. Uh, it is a privilege to be here. We just love supporting Bobby. This is like a groundbreaking podcast in ministry, so we're happy to be a part of it. That was Noel. I'm I'm Petey. Hi. Hi. Uh, hi. Uh, yeah. No. I. This is going to be exciting. I, I enjoy the idea that that there are questions that people might not ask or might not know where to go. Mm-hmm. to get questions answered and we're here so welcome to our bedroom everyone yes basically <laughs> and that's the thing it's like not many people um would be comfortable letting the public or even friends into that space um but I love how just free you both are And just even as we've journeyed and even, you know, having you guys on the previous conference and just how like willing and open and ready you two were to go on a journey, um, you were so invested, but not because you knew it all, but but because you two were just like, you know, we want to know more or or that, that certainly I think came from Noel, you know, like there were so many things you're like this, I don't know, you just absorb newness and you just absorb like teach me like show me I need this and I need that and how do I do that like all of that is so fun about you and then PT is just full of so much laughter so much wisdom and just so much authenticity to have you two in the mix on this journey is like such a joy and I do I just want to say a little bit about both of your personalities okay because I don't think I can describe both of your personalities but I'm going to share with the audience like an example each of both of you um 
So, oh, PT. <laughs> We've got a lot of funny examples over the years. Well, this one is um, when we were at the previous conference, the Sacred Sexuality Conference. And so, as I said, PT and Noel were part of the team and they were serving at the church and then also they were on the panel and, you know, they, they head the youth. And so a lot of the young adults that were involved, like they're, they're you know, PT and Noel's kind of young'uns. And, um, but everyone knew not to look at PT. Because, you know, when, when sensitive subjects or anything to do with, you know, sexual intimacy, anything to do with the whole theme of the conference was being talked about, everyone knew not to look at Fiti because he is so quick with the jokes and, you know, he's so fun and adventurous and a little bit cheeky. So you never kind of knew what he might say. Um, but that's the beauty of him. Like it's, he's, he's so authentic and he's so real and so cheeky that he just brightens up a room with just his quirky funniness um and sometimes inappropriate so guys i'm just warning you sometimes (laughs) but he will say what others are thinking and then noel um is just so cute but i remember when we were in a mission trip you know, you know what I'm going to say anyway, but we were on a mission trip and Noelle had just found out that she was pregnant. So then she was battling with morning sickness. And so she was constantly kind of needing to eat. And then, um, we were in this tense, crazy moment where we'd done like about, I don't know, about four hours of deliverance, like for people that were wrestling with demonic stuff in Thailand. And then I really needed like someone to come alongside me and just pray with me. So then I kind of hunted down Noelle to get her to come and join me. And then there was a point where we're there and the person that we're praying for, like laying hands, you know, all of this warfare. And all of a sudden I can just hear like this rustling behind me (laughs) and this munching and these rappers. And I turned around and Noelle was right there just eating chocolate while we're like, you know, delivering someone of demons but I loved that moment so much because that is just a reflection of God's fun quirky side where he's like hey sure that's what we should be doing we should be eating chocolate while we're delivering people from demons because that's who we are like we've got the authority and we've got you know the freedom but that's what I see when I see you babe so much freedom and so much authority, and so much just childlike authenticity, but also just so much power, you know. So two little get-to-know PT and Noel, you know, snippets there. Amazing. So much chocolate. Yes. <laughs> Lots of chocolate, guys. So listen, if you ever need to deliver Damon and you need someone to eat snacks by you, I'm here. Yeah, totally, totally. So guys, tell us um, how you both met. We were 17 when we met, and um, he was like a recovering bad kid. I'm like a total bookworm, and we are in summer school. Yeah, that's how I described it. And um, we're in summer school at my high school. And so I saw Petey like eight months or so before I met him. And I was walking through the quad of my school like, pulling a roll tug thing of books and I peek over and I see this huge crowd of girls um, surrounding someone so I'm walking by and I peer in the middle and he's break dancing in the middle of the circle and truly this is what I thought I thought 
actually, what I actually thought is, I want him to be mine. Just to be perfectly <laughs> honest, that's actually what I thought. I was like, I want, I want him to be mine, guy. Then I just kind of kept rolling on, and I found out his brother was in my class, who was the only other black guy in like the whole city. Um, <laughs> so I just made a little like guesseruski to find out, like, do you know that other break dancer who's break dancing? And he's like, oh yeah. I said, oh, that's your brother. Cool. What's his name? And I remember his brother, Brendan, said, Peter Michael, Bobby, I kid you not, I went, Peter Michael. <laughs> and in that moment, I, like, loved his name. Wow. Is and that, is that couldn't... Noel, is, it, is that why you always call him Peter Michael? I, I do think I like proper names. Yeah. Yeah, because everyone else calls I, him Peter. I grew up as Peter Michael. Yeah, I grew up as Peter Michael, um, and then... I think it was shortly after, yeah, I was probably like 18 or 19, uh, and I was getting in more into the entertainment industry, and someone introduced me as Petey. And I didn't even, that wasn't my nickname. They just like, oh, this is Petey. I'm like, what is Petey? Why would you say that? What's a Petey? Why? Yeah, what's a Petey? That sounds weird. You know, but then quickly everybody goes, oh, Petey, oh, Petey. Mm-hmm. You know, so then it just kept spreading. Right. Then we like, then when I transitioned, when we were getting ready to be married, a friend of mine who is a dancer, it's like, if you want to be blessed, you need to got, you guys need to be in church. And so she goes, you're going to come to my church so that your marriage can be blessed. She already knew me as Petey because I was a dancer. Right. And so she brought me into her church world and introduced me as Petey. I'd just been Petey. Ever since. Ever since. Cool. But you're definitely you. Peter Michael. At home, right. I'm Peter Michael. Yeah. Or Peter Mike. Cool. Okay, that's good to know. Babes, continue. So <laughs> I I didn't meet him right away. I just like was in love with this name, Peter Michael. Peter Michael. And and he was so different than like the guys in my neighborhood, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, so eight months later, I kind of hung out with a group of guys in high school. They were all break dancers, plus my my best friend who was a gal at that time. No, who's a gal? So I clapped again. <laughs> So she was having a birthday party uh, when she was 18. This is like eight months later. And those guys that I hung out with brought the person who taught them how to dance, this guy. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, he was dancing at this party, break dancing, not that kind of dancing, guys. <laughs> and, you know, just a, just a regular kind of meeting. I was yelling at him to take his clothes off and just to be funny for my friends. That's the truth. Not for um, me, not for me, just just for my friends. I, it wasn't even really for him. It was just trying to be funny. And he was break dancing. And then um, I thought he was his brother because they looked very similar, who I went to summer school with. And then, so I went up to him and I'm like, hey, I think I know you. Brendan, right? And then, and then Bobby, here was the moment. He said, oh, no, Brendan's my brother. I'm Peter Michael. <laughs> Did you fall on the floor? <laughs> yes. And then, and then he like, you know, I'm trying to be funny all night long and flirty. And then he pulls me aside and like asks me what my dreams and aspirations were. And I was like, oh, he's a nice guy. Oh, wow. So you went in with the deep stuff, PT, straight away. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I kind of always go in with both playful, mm-hmm. silly, yeah. and at the same time. So, so many true. jokes. Yeah. Uh, there's always jokes. There's always because jokes. Because 
people, life is funny. Yeah. And, and But life is also serious and deep mm-hmm. and real. Sure. And I wasn't even trying, like, I didn't show up there to look for a date or something. You know, like, honestly, I guess I, I, I wouldn't even say I was a recovering bad kid at that time because I wasn't trying to recover. I was oh. actually currently, you know, I, I've said it before, like, I had dual citizenship. Like, I, mm-hmm. I loved Jesus. And I was also really enjoyed growing up in the streets a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. So even at that time, <clears throat> honestly, I was I was 17. I was in trouble. Um, I was, at that point, I probably already kicked out of school and doing school from home and not allowed to go anywhere except to dance. My, my parents knew that that's what I did. I danced. So... They're like, yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead to your friend's house, go practice dance. And I was teaching a bunch of guys that were two years younger than me. Mm-hmm. So I would walk to their apartment complex and just teach them how to dance. I get there and I'm dressed in just sweatpants, like just so I'm here to break dance. And then I get there. Which P.S. Can I just say, I still think sweatpants, like a sweatpants outfit is super sexy because that's how I met him. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. But I, my, my intent was to show up at these guys' house. We're going to spend a few hours practicing. And I get there and they go, oh, no, we're actually, uh, we're going to go to this party because they have a DJ. So we're going to dance there at this party. And my mind goes, okay, cool, a DJ, yeah, whatever. Not like, hey, I should call my parents and let them know that I'm not going to, you know, I just disappeared. Yes, right. <clears throat> I just disappeared. My parents had no idea where I was. I disappeared to this party. And I'm breakdancing. You know, again, my intent, once I get around people, I I end up entertaining more Mm -hmm. than just a practice. And, you know, so I'm entertaining. And then, of course, that now there's girls yelling at me and, you know, life is exciting. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah. So then the day kind of goes. Yeah. I'm like, I kind of forget that I'm on restriction that I'm only supposed to be going out to practice dancing and coming home. But now that sun's down and I've been gone for hours, Noel has to leave the party to go run an errand or something like that. And then I'm just hanging out with everybody, talking with everybody. And she comes up to me and she's like, Hey, don't leave. I want to talk to you. And then she wow, leaves. I'm like, well, kind of very forward. Yeah. yeah what wow. kind of mysterious situation was this? You know, so I'm at this point, I'm kind of waiting around like, oh, OK, this girl wants to come back and talk to me. She comes back. We talk for a little bit. Uh, I get her phone number. We t- And then my okay. pa- my parents show up. They roll up in a suburban, the whole family, <laughs> all the brothers, the wives, <laughs> the whole family rolls up in a suburban. Yeah. And, and we're like, trying to like. In the parking lot, I'm like, oh, I'm wearing his hat. You know, oh my gosh, that sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, I gotta go. But that was that was life. That was my life. But then you guys started dating from then on. No, actually, because so Noel continued to be around the people that I was teaching, Mm -hmm. and so I started to go more to their high school and. Uh, I was just around. Noelle was into photography at the time, so she was taking a lot of pictures of us dancing and stuff like that. So we started to build a friendship. 
but quickly. I wasn't trying to build a friendship. But. No, you weren't, babes. You were no. just hello, hello, hello. Peter Michael. But we did spend a lot of time talking on the phone and like finding out about each other. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot, although there was like definitely physical attraction right off the bat. Yeah. It's also communication and like, who are you? What are you about? Et cetera. Yeah. So I know, like, obviously, because I know you two, I know that somewhere in the mix, you two then got saved. And, you know, once you started dating, dynamics changed, um, you know, before you got married. So talk me through that. Talk me through this attraction, like this physical attraction that you both had when you two weren't saved, then you get saved. How did things change when it comes to this physical attraction as you then started embarking on marital life together? For sure. Um, such a great question. Yeah, I, no, I'll, I'll take that. Um, well, again, for me, it was weird because I was actively pursuing the Lord and myself at the same time. Right. So there's this like knowledge and understanding of who I am in Christ at the same time, I didn't want Christ to tell me like what to do mm-hmm. exactly. Like, yeah. No, I love you. I just, I have an idea of what I want to do with my life. I want to be a rapper. I want to do this, you know? So like, I, I want to be me and what, you know, the more mature understanding of what that is, it's like selfishness and like, yeah. I want to run the streets and I want to be 17. So I was functioning in this duality. And Noel at the time was really interested and in pursuing the Lord in a way that was not like, hey, I was raised in church yeah. and I know everything, but I, she had this passion about the Lord. So, what, so a quick pause. Petey was like super raised in church, like right. parents, crazy prayer warriors, and I was totally not. Mm-hmm. Right. My and mom so, was. Hold on a sec, Petey. Yeah. So obviously you, you've had this Christian upbringing and Noel was like properly pursuing God from like this fresh, authentic place. But did, did Noel, were you experimenting or pursuing Christianity before you met PT or is this something that happened when you met PT? You know, I, I felt the Lord kind of tugging at my heart and I was interested and I was someone who did pray, but I didn't know anything about anything. Okay. It was actually when I met him, right. this bad kid who I thought is so bad for me, because I was at that point, like career focused education. I was thinking he's going to be the worst thing in the world. Don't do it. Um, mm. He ends up teaching me all about God wow. and about the Bible. Ironically, while he while he's got this dual citizenship. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying to sort out like. Okay. Mm, so you're not really leading by example, but. <laughs> But he is providing a sense of, um, like you said, Bobby, authenticity and love that I have never experienced. Love, loyalty, gentleness, kindness that like rocked my world. Mm -hmm. I was, I was sort of like, just who, who is this person? This is not going, he's, I I don't understand this personality. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah. And I, I think, um, I will say there's a level of, at the time, I just figured, I know the Lord, you know, I I love Jesus and all of that. But looking back, there's definitely a plateau that I had 
kind of done all that I can do in moving forward with the Lord. And so here comes Noel, and she's so interested in pursuing God that her passion kind of activates me because I begin to walk out and to release the things that I I have knowledge of, but are not actually me, you Mm -hmm. know? So it, it allows me to walk out my identity with the Lord. So like one propels the other, you know? So that process was a wrestle, I will say, with sexuality, being 17 and being attracted to each other. And then you're growing with each other in the Lord. And it's like, well, I don't want to do this. And we did this. And, but what, you know, so that our dating season was definitely wrestling back and forth Mm -hmm. with being sexually active. And that's right. And the idea of sex and sin and, you know, all of that. It was gnarly. Yeah. So I, I, you know, on a funny level, could not keep my hands off of him. But on a serious level, once I, once I just completely fell in love with the Lord, that conviction was so strong in both of our hearts. And so, um, and, you know, we're young and we're just getting to know each other, you know, so I remember one day we had sex and again, we're teenagers and um, I'm just super conflicted afterward and sad. And he says, what's going on? And I said, I don't want to do this. This is not what I want. And he was like, we never have to do this again. Mm-hmm. And that moment is probably when I was like, that moment made me go, I might be interested in having you in my life forever. Just the fact that you are a man and you just said that or a guy or a boy. I had never been interested in getting married ever. And that moment I was like, wow, that's really interesting. So from that point, we prayed together and we still wrestled, but we really tried to just commit ourselves to the Lord, um, which was extremely challenging. And as we grew together and learned more about each other and really fell in love, um, we dated for two years and we got engaged. We were engaged for two years. Um, we did commit to not having sex until we were married wow. at some point. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. And um, we had to have major boundaries Yeah. Um, because I would just look at him and be like, hmm. Yeah. So, but it, it definitely blessed our marriage and, and made us kind of recalibrate and start off correctly. Yeah. I know, Noel, you spoke about that experience that you had had with the Lord. Um, yeah. So can, can you guys share about that um, just before you got married? Would love to. Yeah. So this is interesting because as I said, we could not keep our hands off each other. And at 17, it's just interesting because we were so filled with passion and, I considered myself at that point, like, wow, I, this is challenging for me. I must be just a very sexual person. I really can't keep my hands off of him. So the interesting thing is after we stopped um, having sex and, you know, I was so excited, wedding night, woo, you know, Um, (laughs) and on our wedding night, the the craziest thing happened for me. And it, it, it was just my it was just me and the Lord, but, um, we make love that night and it was 100% completely different 
And it, it seemed like all lust left me the moment we got married. Mm-hmm. Mm, wow. And I didn't, again, I wasn't raised in the church. I, I didn't have a lot of education of, you know, kind of Christian dating. I didn't, I didn't think about lust. I didn't yeah. think about, I didn't really know exactly what I was doing. I was just trying to commit to the Lord. But that moment, I kind of was like, wow, God, that, that's so interesting on a supernatural level mm. in terms of what I might've been functioning prior mm. to that point. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that you could <laughs> actually, you felt like a tangible, like crossing over just between you and the Lord that I don't even know if you'd asked for it. I don't even know if you'd, you know, been conscious of it, but the fact that he blessed you with it, um, is so powerful. That's incredible. Super powerful. So powerful and beautiful and also challenging Mm -hmm. because that was something that was, um, kind of a part of who I was. And, um, I thought that was part of my passion. And so I had to sort of relearn, what intimacy looked like, I was starting over mm. because I didn't have that driving factor yeah. of that lust. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll definitely unpack that more because obviously different things drive you different seasons. And obviously for you two, I can imagine before you actually got married, a lot of the driving factor was the taboo and it was the fact that you two weren't allowed to do it um and it was this curiosity so I want to ask PT how it was for you PT transitioning from you know not being able to have sex or what was the wrestle like you know grappling with your faith and then this desire now to actually walk in holiness and then I would love to unpack over time like what have been the things that have driven your sexual intimacy now as a married couple um, but PT, just share a little bit about how the transition or the wrestle was for you before you got married and then how it transitioned after. Yeah, um, that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I don't know that I was fully aware of being driven by lust. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I honestly don't know. I won't say that it wasn't lust. Mm-hmm. Um but it definitely didn't feel like necessarily a spirit of lust. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like for me, this, it was like the balance between like being a teenager into a young adult, into an adult, mm-hmm. like that transition from, I live at my parents' house and I have to be an obedient child to I live on my own and I have to make my own decisions. That transition is always like super rocky. There's no clean way yeah. to yeah. You know, so for me, I'm like, I'm balancing or like trying to blend, like I'm physically attracted, sexually attracted, mentally attracted, all of the attractions that yeah. I actually need to be attracted to this person um, because we're pursuing a relationship and we're going into marriage. But yeah. like, how do I hold on and withhold until, you know, so those things for me almost felt more like freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, almost felt like, oh, yeah, we're moving into another place where we're allowed to do the things that we were not allowed to do yesterday, six months ago, a year ago, whatever. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, I I think part of the satisfaction or the enjoyment or the passion that I have, I know, in my personality um, is to see people 
come to their uh, the maturity of what it is that they want to be or mm-hmm. to see someone grow or to like their process of discovery, you know, and I've been that person for a long time, you know, from a kid, you Always know, mentoring people. Yeah. yeah. Not even yeah. realizing that that's ministry or like, that's what the Lord is wants out of us. I've just been that. So yeah. moving into marriage, I, I feel like he started to allow me to see more and more of who Noel is and who she wants to be. Mm. And that continued to be a driving force of like, mm. oh man, yeah, let's do that. Let's push mm. you. You know, so part of that desire or passion or chasing is all, even though, you know, I know the question is a sexual about mm. sex, but mm. like, there's so much more for me as far as what drives or what kind of pushes you into desire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so beautiful because it is like such a different mindset to this notion that we have in the world where it's like sex can just be this standalone thing where, you know, if two people fancy each other, great, they can have sex and that can be it. But actually the way that God has designed sexual intimacy is it is built within covenant and so it's this unconditional love and honor and discovery and pursuit that you have of one another that you enjoy because of your wider pursuit of one another not just just because you're physically attracted to them and so I, I love even you know that you were tapping into covenant intimacy you know that you were beginning to to grow into that that's amazing um so guys this is like a a really big a question um because you have been together for how long now because we're talking nearly 20 years is that right 21 years gosh that is really incredible congratulations um such a loaded question but how would you say that sexual intimacy has evolved for you both over the last 20 years um there's so many different directions that you could go into but if you were to kind of like summarize what would you say has been the involvement of your intimacy as a married couple so i think you know Well, when you're young, things are easier. Life is simple. You have less bills. You have no children. (laughs) So that time, oh my gosh, it's maybe for us, it's before we had careers. So I think life was just more simple at that time. And now life is incredibly jam-packed. We have Mm. four kids. We have 19 careers. We have so many responsibilities. Um, So I think in, in some ways, just life gets more full. You have to get a lot more creative. But in so many ways, we have the benefit of being so mature in the Lord and Mm. and having that intimacy with God. We've had time to build that and learn and create. We've had time to understand who we are as individuals um, and as a married couple. You know, we've been married for 16 years. Mm -hmm. We've been married for 16 years. So we've had time to have some great moments, some rocky moments, um, to develop our communication, to figure out how to manage stress. So all that to say, I think we have the advantage of having some experience now. Mm-hmm. And in many ways, you know, some people might think, oh, it's so fun when you're when you're young and you have no responsibilities. In many ways, we are just embarking on this new journey now with some maturity and experience. So I think at this point, uh, I'm I'm so excited about 
intimacy. I'm excited for all the things that we get to discover um, with, with sex and making love because we just, we have better communication now. We know what we like. We know what we don't. We know how crazy our schedules are. So good. So yeah. good. I mean, Noel, bearing in mind, you know, some married couples that stop having sex after a certain point and you know it's actually such a blessing to speak with a couple who really just are still enjoying sex and pursuing intimacy and still really liking one another and loving one another because that is in itself a challenge um and I think that's what I've adored about you two so much amongst a thousand other things that you two genuinely are crazy about each other and that's sure. what's so so incredible um yeah it's wild I love it so much but PT yeah you know you said something about like the idea that people think that sex is just two people can come together and just have sex which is true mm-hmm. uh but it I think the the more because sex is actually so relational mm-hmm. uh that the the deeper the relationship the <laughs> the better understanding you have of each other and what makes things I I don't know I equate sex to food a lot mm-hmm. um I know it's a really weird thing but like just imagining two people coming together who don't know each other and they're going to make a meal together mm-hmm. and there are so many things that you don't know about the other person that a meal can be made you just don't get all of the flavors mm-hmm. that you would necessarily want because you don't even know what the other perks you know like I'm really into these spicy things does this person like spicy yeah. I don't know you know and so to figure out when you don't know each other to make a meal together is mm-hmm. the taste is either going to be bland yeah. or it's going to be way off yeah. and and you can still eat it it's just not what you would discover knowing the, the palate of someone else, you yeah. know? And so yeah. I think the maturity in... So you're saying we've done a lot of cooking together. Yes, absolutely. And knowing like what one person desires, what one person is interested in, you know, physically mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. emotionally where someone mm-hmm. is and mm-hmm. having that awareness. Um, and just even taking that time to really understand each other, I think creates this... The sexuality is not even in just the bedroom. Yeah. You know, to to give attention to the relationship in so many areas that you go, oh man, that thing, you know, like we you can't really compartmentalize a yeah. person or a relationship. You know, mm-hmm. I don't get to say, well, I'm really mad at you in this area, but we're I'm really happy in this yeah. area. And so these are different emotions, like the emotion that you have yeah. in that day or in that season follows you through all yeah. parts of your relationship. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So good. Yeah. And I was just going to add that, um, you know, although we have the advantage of all these years and knowing each other, life has gotten nine bazillion times more complicated mm-hmm. in so many ways. I mean, the second we had our first child, I remember thinking, how do I be a sexual being after I just had a child? It, it, I couldn't really wrap my mind around it. Like, I'm mommy, I'm nursing. I, I was not, I didn't know how to integrate all mm-hmm. these parts of mm-hmm. my role who I need to be. Mm. Um, so 
you know, and then as you become really kind of inundated with career stuff and work stuff and business development, you know, there's a whole new realm of learning how to manage your roles and manage your stress. Mm -hmm. I feel like that has everything to do with intimacy and everything to do with sex. There's an actual time issue there. And then there's just um, creatively and mentally how you organize your day and how you set yourself up for success is complicated. Yeah. In this period of time where many other couples might actually give up or, you know, life might get too complicated and kids might come and all of that stuff. How have you both managed to keep your marital sex life fresh and, you know, central and I and it might not necessarily be central in certain seasons but how have you managed to keep the freshness in your marital bed and in your intimacy through this whole like you know almost two decades or or like 16 years or whatever talk to me about that um yeah firstly I feel like you have to date Mm -hmm. yeah date ah yes you shouldn't stop dating because there are people like you said that there are marriages that are no longer having sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, no longer having sex is like a symptom yeah. of another area right. of your relationship because the pursuit or the yeah. the care or the attention or the sacrifice or all of that stuff is probably not happening. Um, so the sex, the physical part, which is like, man, I need this or mm-hmm. I, I'm so tired of this or whatever it is, like some of that has to do with like getting back to do I feel valued yeah. or, you know, am I pursuing or not? And do I see my spouse as valuable? Am I mm-hmm. pursuing them in a way? Am I getting dressed? You know, like if you get dressed for an interview and you go out and you take the time, you make sure you do all this stuff, like, but it's the same thing. Like if, if I'm willing to give attention to a stranger to try to get a job for some money, what am I willing to do for mm-hmm. my wife or yeah. for my husband? You know, yeah. so like dating is definitely, and it's not even that you're always able to as far as a time commitment or as far as like finance. So sometimes it's the date is not the extreme date that you've always, you know, like it's not hot air balloons or whatever, if if that's what you're into, you know, it's not that all the time, but it is taking that attention to go, let me carve out time. Let me say, Hey, you know, Saturday, we're going to do this. Let's just you know, take the time out to to prepare and to see each other and to get into different atmospheres and mm-hmm. to have conversations yeah. that are not about the business of life. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, uh, the business of life can be, you have to do it. You have to have, you know, checks and balances and all oh, let's, you know, balance our checking account or let's pay bills or let's, you know, just make sure that things are getting done. Those, those are like important, but it's not relational. You know, and that can end up taking over your relationship and you just feel like, wow, we're just like two officers yeah. in a company, you know, yeah. like we're you're really? CEO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. making sure that and that's hard to do. That's hard to date yeah. and not bring all that stuff up because otherwise that's just a that's a work dinner. Do you guys like <laughs> do you consciously if you find yourself doing that, do you? Do you consciously like put a stop to it and say, "Hey, you know, babe, we're we're kind of going into that mode," or like, how do you how do you make sure that that isn't something that happens? 
Yeah, I, uh, open communication partially is like, hey, let's not do that. Or either one of us is like a running joke to just slap the other person's phone out of their hands. But that's right. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, well, like, I'll slap his phone and then I'll bite his arm. Like, that's my little five-year-old way of being like, give me some attention over here. Yeah. Not that I'm just recommending that you walk around slapping phones out of people's hands. No, no, hands, no. But like, yeah, guys, be warned. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but in our playful communication, there's other communication as well. Like, hey, let's just take time. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to take time. And then you find yourself going back to your phone and you're smacking out of hand like, oh, okay, oh, yeah, I forgot, you know. So the stuff like that, just being aware of the time that we're spending and mm. what we're doing in the mm. time that we're spending or how long it takes uh, because a date for some people can just easily be dinner and movie. And if yeah. your date is always dinner and a movie, that becomes almost like religion or monotonous. Yeah, that ritualistic. That just, mm-hmm. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And so it's no longer a date. It's yeah. just something walking you do. emotions. Yeah. yeah. Like you have to eat anyway. So yeah, might as well get something nice. Might as well dress up. Then you have to switch your date. Yeah. You know, yeah, so yeah, that yeah, yeah. time that you really change the location, change the scenery, change the time of day or whatever, you know, so that. There's time spent that you actually enjoy each other because there was a point where you did enjoy each other, just the company. uh, And you do, there's a, there's probably people that you enjoy the company. You know, if you're just married for a thousand years and you're like, Oh, I don't actually really enjoy the company anymore. There's somebody that you enjoy the company of, and it could be your neighbor or it could be Mm. the person at church. I just love to talk to them for hours about blah, blah, blah. Can you set up something like that with your spouse as well, just to yeah. try to, I don't know, re-spark that, that communication, that part of your relationship? So have right. you guys gone through seasons where you've been bored with each other? Uh, so we have gone through, bored is maybe not boredom, but we've yeah. gone through tons of seasons of rockiness, ups and downs. Um, I don't know. I can't think, I don't know if we've ever been bored, but there have been times where I, for example, been dealing with so much stress, it would be really easy to not have sex at all. Yeah. But. Yeah, busyness or frustration or overwhelmed. Yeah. Or, yeah. But we, I think a really important thing is we make it a point to not be stuck. Yes. Right? So yeah. It's true that life can definitely impact intimacy. Life is not always fun. Life is stressful. Yeah. But the question is, are we going to let the stress of that thing rob us of our fullness? Yeah. And for me, the answer is absolutely not. Yeah. You know, so I've, I've really thought, I've put a lot of thought into this. Yes. Thanks. Which is helpful yeah. to think about it. Yeah. You know, um, when you go through times of dealing with so much stuff, you it's easy to put sex on the back burner. Sure. And it's just as easy to put it back up on one of the front burners. Yeah. So I think that's important to remember to, you can go through stuff, but move through, invite it back in. So yeah. I've got, I have notes here, guys. Um, <laughs> I, I love it. I have, love it. Uh, a lot of ways that I keep, for us, my role in keeping intimacy fresh. Mm-hmm. And that is um, definitely manage stress. That for me in my life has to be first and foremost, manage stress. Then have fun. Yeah. Discover, be playful, set it up early. 
you know, um, I can be in a zonked out mood from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to sleep. And I choose to fight against that. And I choose to drift into the Lord and to pull the Lord into everything and to drift towards Peter Mike. I Mm. think about him. Mm -hmm. A huge thing that I just realized, Bobby, when you called us for this is I'm not a good multitasker. When I'm in a role, that's my role. It's been my whole life. I'm like that. I'm in work zone. I'm in mommy zone. So you know, when you have four kids, we often call each other mommy and daddy because the kids call us that. It is so important for me to stop the mommy and daddy business and to look at him like yeah. a super sexy man. That so is good. not as easy as it sounds mm-hmm. yeah. because life. And also because he's such an amazing dad. He's such a cutie, but I can fall into that snuggly snuggly kind yeah. of like yeah not hot sexy yeah so, so, so good. really important for me is to see myself as a sexy woman and to see my husband as this like yeah. incredible super hot man that I would still pick today I would wrestle for him I'd roll my book box <laughs> by him like, I want him I would do that today <laughs> you know like oh so um, so good. it's important for me to see him through those eyes, yeah. not through eyes of what he is doing, what he's not doing, not just eyes of, Oh, I love you so much. You're my best friend. Not through just eyes of you're the best daddy. And you are so sweet to me through like, Oh my gosh, you are so amazing. Yeah. And, and I want to not be able to keep my hands off you. Yeah. I have to invite that in intentionally. Bobby, as yeah. silly as it sounds. No, it's so key. It's so, so, so good. But carry on, babes, because I know you got more and I can't wait to hear them. Because I know you just saw you look at your list. <laughs> she, um, yeah, it's like the list is down to the floor. The paper falls down. <laughs> That's right, yes. And true Noel fashion. Um, I have to, so I have to get in that zone. I have to actively stop the hamster wheel of thoughts that get me away from that. Yeah. Because I could put that on the back burner like that. Yeah. And I could do it for months, but I choose not to. Like I have to, it's, it's sort so of like good. how often you need to re-drift into the Lord. Every Pastor Brian at our church, Bobby said, every three minutes I have to invite the Lord in. Mm. And I feel like I have to do that in thinking of my husband as well. Wow. So, so good. Inviting him in, preparing myself. Guys, I know this sounds super lame, but I have to like, hello, body, wake up. Mm. You are like a sexy woman with a sexy husband. Mm. I have to do that. I have to think about it. I have to like do whatever makes my body in touch with that sexual side of myself. Yeah. Because I, I, I can get super zonked in on my work, yeah. on being a really good mom, on the tyranny of the urgent. Yeah. Um, but in doing that does rob me of that fullness. So, yeah. And then my, my, my real, like in the bedroom things, you know, I, we love to keep it fun and silly and fresh and have the anticipation of what mood are we in today? Mm-hmm. Are we in like, Oh my gosh, I love you so much. I'm going to cry. <laughs> or are we in the like, You're so hot and sexy today. Or, you know, getting dressed. What am I wearing? What is he wearing? I love the candles. I love the environment to be beautiful and sexy and smell good. And um, I think I am innately an excitable person. I, 
I'm not inclined to just sit and chill. Like mm-hmm. I kind of need to be busy, but I also like to have that diversity in our intimacy. Like I like, we're not just in one position. We're not just in one place. We're not just like, I love the discovery. And I hope this isn't jumping in too quick. Um, I love the discovery of sex. I love that. I, I tell him this all the time. We've been together 20 years and I still feel new sensations yeah. all the time. But I, I, but still, I cannot think or care about sex forever because mm-hmm. I'm so overwhelmed with stuff. Yeah. I have to actively remember that that is exciting and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Yeah, I think just changing it up and seeing each other and having fun back and forth with the kind of, you know, tug of war of I'm pursuing, I'm, we're switching, I'm enjoying, I'm gentle, I'm more forceful. Like all of that definitely for me is necessary and keeps things super fresh. Wow, yeah. As long as I do those I think I love I mean gosh no so much to respond to but I remember last year when we were doing the conference and when you and PT were like sharing about the season that you were in I just loved how like you recognize that it's a battle you know having great sex in in marriage is not something that you know you take for granted it takes work it takes work it takes work and I think that even when you were wrestling with the season that you were in, um, like just having, you know, given birth to River only a few years before. So you're grappling with all of that. But it's like your your bottom line was that, yes, you know, there might be a low sex drive may have been in the mix or, yeah, this might have happened. Yeah, that might have happened. But I'm sorry, I'm not going to be robbed from God's best for what he has for me. And I think that's what, really is such a huge driver in your motivation where you know you always just are reminded that I'm not I'm not being shortchanged like if this is available I am going for it and even if it costs me I am not going to settle for going without because this is available to me and I think that is really part of what makes you put in the work because, you know, if I don't put in the work, we're not going to have the reward. Like, you're not waiting just for yourself to get horny and just trusting that is bound to happen. You recognize that if you want yeah. a reward, it takes work and you're willing to put the work in. And for whatever reason, when there's a resistance to that, you begin to contend for it because you're like, excuse me, this is my portion and I'm not going without Yes. And I think it's also fair to say that, um, you know, we have to give ourselves grace Mm -hmm. because we do go through different seasons and, you know, there, there are going to be times when sex is not like fireworks and, Oh my gosh, it was those incredible. There are going to be times when I am just not in the headspace where that happens. And I still, I have to have the self-talk that is still, I'm inviting in Lord, this is the man that I love and this is a journey and this is great. And it, it, I, I am careful to not get stuck or disillusioned by it, not meeting my perfect expectation. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can definitely be that person. I am, I am someone who like, whatever is out there, I'm like, yeah, I want, I want, I want a hundred percent. I want 99%, which means I can beat myself up when 
you know, when I, I can't experience that hundred percent, but also kind of a, a, a random, interesting thing. One thing we talked about is, you know, and, and, you know, guys, this is maybe a lot of information, but orgasms for me don't equate to fulfillment mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. So I think there's so many interesting things to dig into. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, I did want to say like the regular maintenance of relationship makes it much easier to get to a place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so there's like separate ideas. Like if you're in a season that is not where you're like n- not maintained, your relationship is not maintained. Great point. The expectation is that is not that I could just go and grab fruit off of this tree that I have not watered, I have not put soil, like I have not done anything to bring nutrient to this, but my expectation is that I get something out of this. And so it's hard work, but it's easier actually to maintain and to keep relationship going and then have this expectation that there is regular fruit available. Yeah. And so I think some of it is like sometimes in a season of, and I use us, for example, there have been seasons of like just frustration or like process where, you know, there's a season of mourning or there's a season of loss or lack, or I don't really know where I am and I feel myself changing and God moving me. Yeah. So what, how can I know what I want sexually when I don't even know where I am and who I am right now, Mm -hmm. you know? So all of those things, whatever that season is needs investment. Yes. And it needs involvement, not just the expectation to, to receive out yeah. of, you know, I think yeah. sex is both receiving and giving, but yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to build up and to continue to invest into someone. And so sometimes we get into a place where you're like, man, I need sex so bad, but you have to pull back and you go, okay, what if I don't, this is not an option right now. And what if I just spend time investing without the immediacy of like, oh, I invested today. So where's my yeah. sex? Yeah, 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 <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. that's not real life. In, yes. in a garden, that's not real life in planting or the expectation of fruit. So yeah. what if I just spend this season investing yeah. and that's okay. And what does that look like? And, you know, there's still sexual desire and you still mm-hmm. have to work those things out. But um, yeah, I, I think that that involvement of, of sacrifice and of, and I don't mean like dying on a cross, I mean like varied sacrifice you know I, yeah. in talking about this I was saying like there was it used to be that Noelle would come home from work and one of the things that would just make her go like ah, like I can put down my day is seeing the vacuum lines on the carpet mm-hmm. yeah uh, bed made, you know the beds made yeah. and we are not organized people, neither one of us. So like, this is the forever battle. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And also we are pe- the people who try to fill our schedule. And oh, man. I am the people who ha- try to have as many jobs as I have kids. And Noelle <laughs> tries to have as many degrees as she has kids. So like, there's always stuff. Yeah. So, like, problem. 
Yeah. And so Noelle, if you if she comes home and there's the carpet has the vacuum lines on it and the dishes are done yeah. and the bed's made, yeah. it feels like I can exhale and mentally she can put down her yeah. day. Yeah. So for me, I would go, okay, if I can if I can do that, if you're just thinking about yourself, you go. If I vacuum, do the dishes, and make the bed, it's sixty percent more likely that she's gonna, that yeah, right, that we're gonna end up having sex. Yeah. If, that's if you're thinking about yourself. Mm-hmm. If you're not, just going. If I can get Noelle to a place where she's allowed to relax, yeah, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. And the joy that she has, and the consistency that she has of man, how many days do I get to come home to that? And that you know, it overall helps in the relationship. Yeah. So even if there's a day where she's going, well, I'm exhausted or I, this is not something I'm thinking about like, oh my gosh, I want to have sex right now. But seeing that, man, this, this person loves me and is doing what he can to make me feel like I have a, I have a safe place. I have a place where I can. So that willingness for her to sacrifice increases if I'm the one who's also trying to constantly be sacrificial. Now, for this season, for COVID, Noel works from home. So there's no like, when Noel gets home, yeah. she's going to be able to unwind. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's a different season. We don't even have carpets anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't, I can't yeah. put the lines in the carpet. We have tile. There's yeah. no, you know. And so what is it, finding out, what is it going to take for her to feel like she can take burden off yeah yeah so that her mind is in a place where she can just enjoy her life yeah. you know not so she can enjoy her life so that I can enjoy my life yeah you know I yeah. think that's a that's a half truth where people yeah. go a happy wife is a happy life you know like that's a half truth that is it for today's episode beautiful people I really hope you enjoyed it and I hope that you will join me for the next episode where I continue this fabulous conversation with PT and Noelle thank you so much for joining me for today's show all related social media handles and links can be found in the notes section if you did enjoy today's episode then please do feel free to share it and do subscribe to the podcast if you want to know when a new episode is heading your way If you'd like to get in touch, you can do that via Instagram or Facebook, or you can head over to livinginlight.co.uk. I cannot wait to be with you guys again, and thank you so much for listening to the Living in Light podcast.